All right, we're live. It's super easy, right? There we go. Graham, how you doing? All right, Austin. Good to see you, man. Yeah, good to see you too, man. Uh, very, very excited to chat today. Uh, you're on episode 11 of nice. Real Estate Homies, so you're officially a homie of... <laughs> Dipping. I didn't make the top 10, Austin. Come on. You were right there. You were right there. We we had a conflict, uh, a scheduling conflict, so we had to end up pushing a, a month. You would have probably been like eight or nine at that point, but yeah, my, my fault on that one. Uh, right. But yeah, man, I'm excited to talk. I think what's going to be really fun to talk about today is um, you are a man of technology that then shifted into the real estate industry with your wife. Right. Uh, and so I, you guys are a small team, but you guys have had a lot of success early on. And I think a lot of that has to do with one, I'm sure Kathy, your wife is just like phenomenal with service. And oh, yeah. it, but I think a lot has to do with your technological background and, and what you've been able to bring to the table from a system standpoint, a marketing standpoint, um, and just building out processes. So I want to pick your brain on a lot of that, but yeah. if you could, can we start with a little bit about like an intro to your background? Because I think that that's very fascinating uh, part of your story. Sure, sure. Yeah. So like you said, I've been in the technology world for a while now. Um, like my backstory is really 25 years in software technology, like not not an engineer. I'm not an engineer of any kind, but I'm familiar with the technologies and was leading a consulting team for a while, um, implementing software for colleges and universities. So kind of a fun little topic there. But uh, yeah, my wife, um, when kids grew up and, and went off to college, my wife was like, okay, now what do I do? <laughs> so I was like, yeah. let's do some real estate, right? And she said, okay, she had some fear or whatever. I'm like, but as soon as she started doing it, you know, going through the training and everything, this is about three and a half, four years ago now probably four years ago, um, I got really into it myself, right? So I said, okay, I'm going to learn in parallel. She got about six month head start on me. And then um, I, I got, I just started listening to the diving into the podcast like this and, um, you know, reading every book out there, the bigger pocket stuff on investing to how to run a real estate business from the, you know, the red book, MREA, you know, all that kind of stuff, right? I just dove in. That's just the way I am and started, you know, even going on the open houses and so on. So finally I said, all right, I got to get it licensed. And then next thing I know, I'm still running a software consulting team and, and then kind of, well, I'd say part-time, but really full-time second job was real estate. Like I just found myself enveloped in it you know, one to help my wife really get started, but then also just because I loved it. I thought it was great. And then just uh, actually just in August, this past August. So we did, we had some success running like in parallel where I was doing that with her. And I was just getting to a point where it was like tough for me to scale anymore. Right. And I was, I could see that I was getting on edge and I was like, Oh, Kathy, that's her, that's her name. I'm like, Oh my God, I can't do that today. I got to do this, you know, whatever. They're just being pulled in both directions. But luckily for me, you know, even though I was deciding I wanted to jump ship and, and leave my quote unquote real job, um, I just I couldn't do it. I couldn't get the push. But then something shifted in my company. We got purchased by another company and the politics shifted and changed. And I would have been OK if I hung out there, but I wouldn't have loved it. You yep. know, so I just was like, OK, this is the time. 
and I finally bit the bullet. And then we had our best year yet because suddenly I realized like, hey, I'm actually truly full time on this now and I can yep. really focus on it. And it's amazing so because a lot of people, they, they, they disregard that in real estate. You're you're a business owner and you're kind of managing every single department along the way. And so for you, I'm sure that whenever you were able to pour in now all your time to focus on this, yeah. I imagine you're seeing a major shift where it's rewarding and you can see like, Oh, we had our best year ever because you're able to pour into something. And as you're pouring your time into that, you're building it for you and your family and for yourself. So it's, it's really cool that you've been able to do that. A lot of people um, don't necessarily get to have the successes that you guys have had so early on. Um, yeah. Now what about like that? How did you shift from technology software consultant and now what are you doing in real estate with that? Because there's no way you just like threw all that knowledge you've had in your yeah. career out the window. You you had to have brought it in and, and figured out how it could mold into this. Yeah, I think, I mean, for me, my natural state of things is to figure out how to scale systems, like implement systems, because that's what we were doing as a consulting company. We were implementing software for our clients right talk to me and, about that like if i didn't know what implementing systems meant what does that mean yeah so it's kind of like um basically you know the client in our case it was higher education a higher education client they don't know software they just know how to advise students or admit students right into college or university let's say and in that case we were they would buy a big piece of software it was very expensive software and all that right it's enterprise-wide software so we had to know what the business challenges were and um, really understand the way that they conducted business and said, okay, how do we fit that into the software and teach them how to implement it along the way, mm. right? For how to uh, configure the software essentially. And so that's sort of the mindset that I come with all the time, not only for helping clients, right? But then my team that I had um, there, we were you know, a small but mighty team. We had 20 or 25 people, but um, for the size software company, we were lean, right? It was a lean teams team. So, and, and our clients were buying software. They weren't necessarily buying service and we were the service people. So how do we deliver the service in a cost-effective manner so that we can still be profitable as a company, but then, but the client feels well taken care of? Right. So that mindset is what I'm bringing to real estate right now, which is, you know, I, I just naturally started saying, OK, there's a lot of repeatable things. How do we you know, I'm, I'm finding that I'm continually educating clients on the buyer, you know, on, on the contract. Right. I have to I walk through all the elements of a contract with a client just to pick an example. And I find I'm doing that all the time and I'm helping our team do that every time. And I'm realizing, wait a minute, there's, you know, I, I put my software implementation hat on and I say, okay, what is a better way to do this? Like, why don't I create a series of videos, right? And then we can email them out. And then I was like, well, we could do that. That's cool. I can set up some emails. We can set up some email templates. We can email like video one, like contract 101 or whatever it is, right? And then I was like, actually, why don't I make an online course for this thing, right? What? And so- okay. You know, because I see these online courses out there for other businesses and people are usually trying to make money off the course. But I'm like, I don't need to make money off the course. I need to make money off the buyer. So why don't I use this as a service? 
So I'm in the process of, um, you know, evaluating some software around course management, right? How do mm. I manage courses and create courses? And I was thinking, okay, it's repeatable for this client once I have the client, right? So this is for a buyer client that I have. I'm just educating them on things. So I don't have to, I can say, hey, watch this in your leisure. But what if I did, you know, home buying 101 as a lead gen course, right? Instead, I know we a lot of agents do webinars or, you know, in-person seminars, which is great. And, and we need to do those. And that's something that we've got on our list. But um, I was like, well, what if we did a, an online course and we could just register people into the course and then track in, follow up with them as they're going through the course? Or, hey, I noticed you got stuck on module four. Like, how can I help? Blah, blah, That's blah, an right? awesome lead generation idea, man. Now, have you found the software that you're looking at for that right now? I am, I think so. I'm looking at Teachable right okay. now. And I, I think Teachable has like a free version for if you're not charging like as soon as you want to charge for a course i think you got to start paying right that's yep that's the business model of most of these online course companies i was looking at that i was looking at podia is another one and then a uh thinkific is another Think one. It, have you seen kajabi yet oh yeah yeah i did see kajabi i don't know why i I don't have them in the top of my list, but I should look at that again. Yeah, well, the the ones you've said are all great. So, but look at Kajabi too. I feel like that's one that it's become very popular as well. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, it's 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 really cool that you're taking that angle because I think that that's a great process to implement in your business where you're seeing the repeatable things. Yeah. And you're automating them in some sort of way. What tools do you use for automation? Um, just like the, the foundational tools that we have, uh, in place through, um, from a CRM point of view, we have follow-up boss, um, and then sort of wrapping around that, I guess I would say we have, you know, our website, agent fire website that we have. Um, and then, you know, from a, from a marketing perspective, of course, we're, we're with you guys at Dippity. So, yes. um, loving that. We just launched a new, uh, a new seller ad today. So we'll see Love how that, that goes. Yes, uh, team. So that's going to be cool to watch and try to dial in, right? Um, exactly, and and test to some extent, right? Because you always have to be testing these things. Um, those are like the core. I would call those the core three that we really, you know, without those, we're dead. We have nothing going on, right? Like other than our sphere, right? We right, right. Our sphere and stuff like that. But to to really try to grow beyond the sphere, although we need to do a much better job with our sphere. Than we're doing right now and we are looking at like how do we automate some things around that and then also some things you just can't automate because they're your friends and family so right yeah yeah you, you don't want to are gonna be like wait a second <laughs> you don't want to look automated yeah exactly <laughs> what about um um like are you doing anything like right now because i i like that you said like you made these videos that you're like you're educating like have you already started sending those out so you send out like educational videos throughout the process or or is that when it kind of that idea sparked to do the course yeah that's the goal i, I haven't I, i've got to start it's on my like quarter two well it was on my quarter one list but the quarter one is over real yeah quick. now yeah. we're on quarter two yeah so that's what happened my quarter two uh 2022 for anybody watch re-watching this podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly um, it's on my quarter two list so that's um 
what I want to be doing is like outlining. I have sort of a, an outline and then it's just a matter of like, how do I chunk these into small snippets? Cause nobody wants to read, you know, a, a contract is a boring document to review. Right. But it's super important at the right point in the, in the buyer's, you know, stage, if you will. And so I want to chunk it up nice and digestible make it easy, maybe even have a couple quizzes thrown in, things like that. I like that. So um, what's the, is the idea of the course itself, um, like, like, is it like just around the contract or is it more so like a whole journey? I see it as a couple of different courses, actually. Yeah, more like a journey. Because as I start, I started with the contract idea and then I was like, okay, wait a minute, we let's do this as a lead gen kind of thing. But now, then I can do, you know, first time home buyer 101. And um you know, move up buyer 101 or whatever, right? Like I could do a couple different permutations of um, buyer courses, for example. I could do seller courses, um, you know, how to sell and buy at the same time, things like that to add in. I think or it's really modules cool. that I could say, hey, if you're trying to sell and buy, here's a here's another mini course you should uh, follow, right? Right. So like, it's I cool because you're it, tying like, in the educate. You, you worked on software and education. <laughs> and somehow now you're you're about to be making courses like it's off of software it's it's pretty cool to see that that happens where you just the natural progression pulls you into here where that's how you're gonna have an amazing one service for your clients and prospects but also an amazing way to generate leads new business it, it, it's a service and a marketing tool it's really cool yeah yeah. I mean, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, and I just kind of stumbled, I guess it was just like, you know, natural for me to go down that route, um, you know, based on my background and everything. But I was even thinking like, how do I then tie it even more closely to sort of this hyper local strategy that we've been implementing with you guys from a marketing perspective, you know, many of our ads are very focused on specific towns, right? Like, mm -hmm. I'm in Northern Virginia, outside of Washington, DC, our town, um, our, our team name is Greater Reston Living. That's named after the town that we're based in, which is Reston, Virginia, um, which you guys, anybody out there is going to start seeing more and more on the map because Google is here. Microsoft is here. Everybody is here and it's growing. It's a growing area. So we said, OK, let's focus on this in a hyper local way. And so all our ads that we have or focus in rest in. And then we have the follow-up campaigns that we have in follow-up boss, all focused on, you know, showing videos about our expertise and knowledge in that town. And I was like, how do I get the courses a little bit more focused on some of that too? Because, and I, I started thinking about selling, like when you sell in rest in, there's a couple of nuances, I would say. One is it's unique because, there's a HOA that actually covers the entire city of Reston. Wait, what? Hold on. Yes. What? <laughs> right. So most of the time, like if you own a townhouse or or even a single family house, you might be in a small HOA and Reston has those, of course. But then you have an umbrella HOA around you uh, that is for the entire town. I don't think I've ever heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, and so as a result, it creates complexities that sellers don't really understand that they have to make sure that anything they've done to the house was approved by each of those HOAs. They don't know how to 
interact with those HOAs and figure out whether or not they're in compliance. That is an interesting model of a city because I, and I'm, I'm assuming it's so pretty there and it just feels like it's so well kept as an entire city. Is that part of why that is? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a, it was a planned community. It got started in the, in the sixties. Um, it was actually a very unique concept in, uh, in, in around the country. Right. So basically they developed all these little village centers and lakes and things like that. And they said, we want people to be able to live, work and play all around these things. You see those cliche phrase all the time, but they sort of coined it back in the day. And um, it's cool. It's just a cool place. There's like a lot of variety, different kinds of people and stuff. It's a little bit urban, but we're in the suburbs. So it gives you a feeling like it's urban, if you will. And so what have you thought of like to try to make it local, like those courses, like how can you make those hyper local to where it's not just like, um, you know, cause if it was general, it, it'd be okay if you made targeted campaigns yeah. that were able to like, you know, you're pushing it only in front of people in your market, which honestly, I guess, you know, now I'm talking through this, it wouldn't even matter if you were educating people across the country because you yeah. could refer out any leads that, come from that it could be a massive could just be a massive referral source for you too um which yeah is, that's a good point i mean yeah it, it, it's got a lot of different paths right to go with um i mean from the local point of view i saw it as like oh well you could i could teach people about how they need to understand this double hoa thing right and how if you're staging your like i'm thinking about listing right and and, and if you're listing your home in reston then staging should be done in a way that's not just like traditional staging, but most of the homes are mid-century modern type homes uh, because they were built around the 60s, early 70s and things, right? So, and they're and they're kind of modern looking. Some of them look like, you know, old Brady Bunch homes and stuff like that, right? Like, um, and so how do you make those cool and modernized for the rest and buyer? Because, um it's a unique place. So you kind of have to think differently. Sometimes I see photos and you see this like Brady Bunch house, but you see these old gaudy, you know, four poster beds in them with like flower, like uh, comforters on them. And I'm like, this is such a mismatch with the community. Like I realize this is maybe the taste of that seller, but um, we need to stage this because that taste doesn't sell here. Right. Right. Like, and being able to educate people on that, that kind of insight, a lot of people would maybe go, oh, okay, I hadn't thought of that. Right. That's a good point. I'm going to hire the expert. Right? Yep, exactly. Because, because no, yeah, people don't, there's a lot that, even in, in my world, right, marketing, right? There's a lot in my world that I know and I don't think it's like anything that I'm like, you almost feel like people know that people know this. And then when you yeah. start talking to people about it, they're like, what do you say? You, you sound a lot more educated than I guess I give myself credit to have, but it's in the same world in real estate, right? Like people don't know the value of staging. People don't know what happens with, I didn't even know double HOAs exist. So people don't know that. Right. And right. so like, but you do a lot of time you keep, we all as people keep information to ourselves, not realizing it, one person seeing it could really impact their day or impact their mindset or insight on what they're trying to do right now. Um, yeah. so I think it's going to be really cool for you. I'm excited that once you have the course, 
now I know you're doing this. One, I think it's cool that this whole episode's pretty much been talking on that idea. But <laughs> now we'll be able to like kind of jam out together on the aftermath and figure out like, all right, how are we going to advertise this? Yes. for for you because this can be this be a really cool campaign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to to that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, along that line of like educating consumers or people or cl potential clients, whatever you want to call them. Um, you know, and you were saying, you know, we, we talk about these things like we always, like we all know, we have this like insider baseball kind of knowledge, right? And agents do this all the time. Like we do it in our office, you know, when we have little brokerage meetings and stuff and people will start talking about like, well, you know, we talk about multiple offers or how hot the market is and all of this kind of stuff. And then we start assuming that all the clients understand those same things. And what we found is, a lot of times, like a new buyer client will come to you and they know kind of generally like it's a seller's market. It's hot, hot, you know, or crazy or whatever term they are used to. Right. Like crazy market, hot market. But they really don't know what that actually means mm -hmm. when it comes to making an offer, because they still think, well, um, this house is five hundred and fifty thousand dollars. I'll offer them five hundred and forty thousand. Mm -hmm. Like, no, you won't. That's not going to fly in this market right now, right? At this very moment, although we're sensing a shift, right? Potentially, I think, because the interest rates are much higher. Again, like what date are we on? April 21st, 2022. Yeah, everybody, everybody. Well, yeah, everybody's seeing this. Please know interest, <laughs> interest rates could double by tomorrow. We don't know. We right. Don't know. <laughs> but there, I just saw it come across mine. We're at like a five and a quarter with our local lenders around here. And so the sense is that's shifting a little bit. Right. From people. But we're still seeing some, you know, crazy number of offers on this listing. And then this listing sat like we're in that kind of transition mode. I think. actually I want to dive deeper on that because obviously I'm just a marketer. I'm not in these deals. Like, yeah. so what what's happening as of like these interest rates jumped to five point two recently? Yeah. And so what's happening? You're still seeing multiple offers with people that have five point two interest rates. I think there's still some because there's um, I think what happens is like when you start seeing these shifts, which I feel like I don't have the data to support it right now. And I'm an old data integration implementation guy. Right. So I, I like to have the data, but we're usually like a month behind uh, in real estate data most of the time. But the sense that I'm getting just from our day to day interactions with people and then also in talking with other agents in the area is maybe we're starting to see a couple of price reductions. Maybe we're starting to see a house sit for a weekend, you know, longer than a weekend. And, you know, but the ones that are still priced right, a little bit under what they, a little bit under the median for that particular type of home. And, um, you know, that looks like Pottery Barn or HGTV or something, then that's still going to get multiple offers. And I think there's still a lot of, the demand from buyers that were out there when it was three and a half or 4%, there's some of them that are staying with it. Right. And they still need that home because they still had something driving them to buy a home, mm -hmm. but maybe some that were dipping their toes in might withdraw a little bit. Right. Yeah. Um, you're looking at people. There had to be people that sold their home, got the equity out of it, and we're kind of like sitting and waiting to find the home they liked. Yeah. And then the interest rates go up and they're <laughs> like, oh, no, like we better get in now before they keep going up. Right. So now it's 
I bet there's some people like that out there as well. Um, I mean, there's a gazillion situations people are in, right? So it, yeah. it, it's hard to dictate, but where do you see it heading? Mr. Data guy, not that yeah. you're, you're no Nostradamus. I get yeah. it. You know, but where do you, what, what, what's your opinion? Everybody likes, it's one of my favorite questions. What's yeah, your yeah. opinion? I, where I do you like see everybody. I'll have, I have one. I have an opinion, right? Um, I think, you know, it's funny. I watch the, I do part, uh, I lurk in a lot of the uh, Facebook groups and stuff where agents are the traditional ones everybody sees. And you'll see like, um, people talking about market crash or something. And then there's enough people on the other side that say, are you crazy? It's not going to crash. It's not like it was in 2008 and all that sort of thing. Right. I guess I'm generally in that camp. I don't see it crashing. Um, but I do see it potentially stalling a little bit. Um, it seems to me that there's still going to be a fair bit of demand simply because when I look at the data and there's, I don't know, anywhere between four and 7 million homes, you know, gap, in this country right so if you look in the country like we just need four to seven million more new homes based on the data that i've seen from nar and other people um so that seems to me like there's built-in demand now the interest rates come out get, get higher if they if they go up to six and stuff i think forget it, it it's gonna really start to stall and slow but um you know if they if they stay low fives um, then I think that what we'll get, get is probably enough buyer demand out there still. And then we'll probably have even lower inventory because I think there's some people who refinanced and or bought, you know, a year ago at 3.5 or, or two years ago at 2.5 or 2.75 or something like that, um, that are going to say, I'm not getting rid of this. 2.75 interest rate i have the like, interest I'll rates are becoming this. the gold now right like everybody's <laughs> yeah. kind of like wait a second right like, like, we already had a problem with um people moving it used to be like people would move every five to seven years you know prior to like the 2008 you know crash and then after that the data turned to like 10 or 11 years mm, you know, so they, i didn't know that yeah so that's one of the reasons why we've been in such a list uh like a listing inventory crunch right well, yeah, you have you have COVID happen where yeah. people, you know, that's creating uncertainty immediately. And people are like, oh, well, hold off. You yeah. know, wait a second, because what the heck's going on in the world? Yeah. And then you have the interest rates drop like that, which creates massive buyer demand. But the uncertainty is still there. Right. So it's like, yeah, yeah. it got it got weird. Right. Um, <laughs> it, and it's still weird. I don't know if it'll ever be unweird again. I but, know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but hey, man, I, I want to thank you so much for jumping on. It, it's been fun. Um, yeah, you know, just it. to pick your brain a little bit. You're, you're one of my favorite people to talk to when it comes to uh, technology as a whole. Uh, you, you just you have that experience. You you can see it all the way through. So I appreciate you jumping on, man. It's been fun. Absolutely. Love it, Austin. Anytime. Thank you, man. Maybe Absolutely. maybe we'll come back and talk about the success of those courses. So yes. give me some incentive to actually do it, right? Like That's what we'll good. do. Well, we'll do it. You do the course. You bring us the course. We'll see it. We'll make an advertising campaign and we'll do a case study next awesome. time. How about that? Go. Sounds, Sounds good to me. Awesome, Graham. Good seeing you, man. Yeah, you too. Thanks.